I nourish my wife when she needs strength. I provide strength as best I can for her. If she needs relief, if she needs tenderness and compassion in grief, I weep with her and I nourish her because I cherish her. Turn on the television any time of the day and you can find talk shows devoted to improving your relationships. Some of them helpful, most of them exploitive. But tucked away in the ancient letter of Ephesians, we find time-tested biblical wisdom for men who want nothing more than to cultivate and nurture their marriage. The fifth chapter teaches a man how to love his wife even as himself. Now, just after today's sermon, we'll explain how to get a copy of this complete presentation. Let's listen now as Chuck Swindoll concludes a three-day message for men only, straight talk about your marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And how did he love the church? He gave himself up for her. That's the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. It starts with sacrifice. If your love isn't sacrificial, she knows it and it's having an impact on your marriage because you're selfish. Second, uh, sanctify, verse 26, so that he might sanctify her. Uh, what in the world does that mean? To sanctify something uh, is to set it apart for its original purpose. Don't miss that. When something is sanctified, it's not a religious term. It is, has a religious connotation, but it's not a religious term. You set your wife's purpose apart. And you and she agree on what that is. You help her fulfill her purpose as a wife, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, verse 26 closes. When I read cleansing, I think of forgiving. So I've chosen that word. The Lord tells us that when it comes to the church, he, he's cleansed us. Isn't that great? When you and I came to the cross in our, unsaved, in our unsaved state, in our lost condition, when we came to salvation, when we came to the open arms of Jesus, who said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we came to him by faith and trusted him and him alone, by faith alone, he cleansed our lives. Now, wives need forgiveness, okay? She's imperfect. She will be stubborn. She will be inappropriate. She will lash out, and she will say things that later, realizing her wrong, she'll feel terrible about. Your role is to forgive her. Forgive her before she even asks forgiveness. There's a fourth I'm calling honoring. Look at verse 27, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory. This is a great word picture. 
You've been to a great wedding. Uh, pastors are fortunate who do weddings because they get to see the whole thing. I get to watch grooms as they stand there, just nervous as they can be, having just talked them into coming out and standing there. And then I get to look at the bride as she's brought from the bride's room and she's prepared to come down. And all of a sudden, the groom is, is enraptured with her. She's wearing a garment so carefully chosen, she'll never again in her life choose one more carefully. And here she is in all of her glory, and here he stands, ready to take her and to present themselves before these who have gathered as witnesses. It's wonderful. I'm a romantic all over again every time I come to that setting. (laughs) It's terrific. The most amazing things happen in weddings. All this emotion and the father standing there thinking, trying to remember. I've heard fathers say, when I say, who gives this woman? He'll say, my mother and I do. <laughs> then he tries to sit down by his mother and she's not, he's not going to sit by me, I'll tell you that. And then this great moment when they come stepping up to the platform and they are there and the, and the lights are there and the other lights are low and the candles are burning and then the greatest words they'll ever share called their vows are spoken. It's magnificent as she is there in all of her glory. It's honor. It's called honor. We don't use it much outside the military. Honoring our wives. Placing them on our hearts as objects of honor. I looked in my uh, dictionary to find the definition of the medal of honor. And I found this definition, a U.S. military decoration awarded in the name of the Congress for conspicuous intrepidity at the risk of life in action with an enemy. You, 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 you look just like I looked. I go, intra what? Now, you probably know what that means, but I don't. And I, therefore, looked up intrepid. We've heard it. We know it's the name of a ship. We just don't know what it means, or some of us don't. Characterized by resolute fearlessness, fortitude, and endurance. Wow. That's a great woman. Characterized by fearlessness, fortitude, endurance. Talk about strength on parade. Talk about a Medal of Honor winner. All of the things that she has gone through and is going through and living with. And it's our opportunity to pin the medal on her. That's one of the roles of the husband. Nobody on earth can do it like a husband or should. When they do, wrong things happen. The woman in an affair isn't looking for someone else to get in bed with, not initially. She's looking for honor. She's looking for someone who will see in her the significance of her person and her place. That is the husband's task. No one on earth has that job with Cynthia Swindoll but Chuck Swindoll. No one else can do it like I or should. 
It was my experience in the Marine Corps to know only two Medal of Honor winners. One stood by me in inspection on an occasion in San Francisco. I'll never forget it. We were being uh, standing under inspection of a, of a full bird colonel uh, before we were to ship out. And the colonel walked by, and uh, standing next to me was a corporal with a Medal of Honor. When the colonel got to him, he turned and faced him and saw the medal and saluted him. <laughs> and embraced him because he was wearing the medal above all other medals. He had a number of other medals he could have worn, but that was the medal to wear. Uh, if you will hold your place here and turn to 1 Peter 3, you will see that our responsibility is to, well, as he puts it, show her honor. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life that your prayers will not be hindered. Show her honor. The word show means to assign something to someone. Have you assigned her honor? We have a little red plate in our family, and the red plate is enjoyed by family members from time to time for special reasons. And every once in a while, when it's birthday time or they've, as they were growing up, as they did something unusual, we would give them the red plate. Written around the border of the red plate were words like, you are special today. And it was, it was a, an honor. It was usually given in surprise. They didn't expect it. So we'd all come to the table, we'd sit down, and here's the red plate. Man, it was great when you get the red plate. It occurred to me that I rarely ever gave Cynthia the red plate. Often the children, and of all things, sometimes me, but rarely do I recall any of us giving her a red plate. Maybe Mother's Day or birthday. This is assigning honor, not because it's a holiday or a special day, but because she's who she is. Now, uh, I'm not through, but let me ask you, in light of sacrifice and sanctify and forgive and honor, ask you a question. Can you imagine any woman treated like this having difficulty allowing you to be the head I, I, I never met a woman like that who's in her right mind, who's healthy enough to understand what's happening. I, I've never met a woman who didn't crave to be with her man like that. Of course not. This is the kind of leader anybody wants to follow. I mean, I'd, I'd go into battle and die for a person like that. So what husbands to love their own wives? And look at verse 28. Here's the second analogy. As their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. The first analogy was as Christ loved the church, sacrifice, sanctify, forgive, and honor. Now it's as your own body. What does that mean? Well, read on here. 
He loves, he who loves his own wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it as Christ also does the church. And here again is a person in their right mind. Now, I don't mean that to be silly. I mean that seriously. Only those out of their mind plan to take their lives. They hate their bodies. They hate their lives. They see no reason to go on to sunset or to daybreak. But a person in his or her right mind takes care of himself. We take care of ourselves. We make sure we don't go hungry. We make sure that we're clean. We got up this morning, and if you men were like me, you showered, you you shaved, you got ready for the day, you didn't want to bring to church the same thing you had to look at when you first got up, so you had to do something about it. And you stood in front of a mirror and you worked on your hair or you worked on your your, uh, body. You did whatever was necessary so that you would take care of yourself and to bring you before the public. That's all that's involved here. It's called nourishing and cherishing. Nourishing is what we do. Cherishing is why we do it. Nourishing. I nourish my wife when she needs strength. I provide strength as best I can for her. When she has doubts and uncertainty, I do my best to reassure her with encouragement and affirmation. When she's swarmed with guilt and disappointment in herself, I need to nourish her with words of reassurance and affection and that there'll be another tomorrow and it's okay. If she needs relief, if she needs tenderness and compassion in grief, I weep with her and I feel deeply about her loss. If her dreams were not fulfilled, it's as if my dreams were dashed. And I nourish her because I cherish her. And you know what happens when that occurs? Listen to this. There, there is a union that is formed that is deeper than a word can describe, and Paul, therefore, chooses mystery. Mystery. Verse 32, the mystery is great. It becomes a phenomenon that defies full understanding. So profound and unexplainable that two people this different can become this unified is a mystery. However, the major threads, if we could return to them, are clear in verse 33. We're to love our own wife. Verse 33 states, that's our part in it. And she is to respect her husband. And that's your part, ladies. Love, respect, woven together into that which is valuable because it took time to create. Now, I've had the pleasure of watching you through this message. It's been an interesting journey to watch you. You have to look at me, and that has major drawbacks, but I get the pleasure of changing faces as I watch congregations. I've been doing it for a long time. If I've seen anything on your faces, this is a serious comment, I've seen on the faces of men and women, I just wish we could start over. That's what I've seen. 
It's not meant as any kind of put down. It's been an observation. It's not in my notes. It's a spontaneous comment. I've seen it on your faces. Oh, Chuck, I, I, I wish you could have married us. Wait a minute. Uh, I may not have been willing to do that back then. Uh, and had I been willing, I may not, you may not have heard what you've heard. Because we hear things often after the scars. How much wiser we are years past. How much more we hear after the terror of our wrongs and the scars and the lacerations and the wounds, the bruises. We hear so much more. I wish I had it to do over. You know, this brings me to one of my favorite sayings that I have used for years. It's never too late to start doing what is right. Never too late. This is your chance to do it right. Start today. When you're all alone and nobody's around and nobody's there to think you're doing it for the galleries and it's just you and her, put your arms around her. Have a glycerin tablet ready. Uh... And say, sweetheart, it's been a long time. But today reminded me of some things I've been missing, and I want to make them right. I want to start today. I'd just like to do it a second time. I just like to start over. Winston Churchill, the great uh, prime minister of England during the war years in World War II, was invited, among other dignitaries, to a wonderful evening at a banquet. This was a unique evening because when the meal was done, the host stood and said, I would like all of you who are dignitaries here to answer the question, if you could not be who you are, who would you most like to be? If you could not be who you are, who would you most like to be? One by one, different dignitaries spoke. It so happened that Churchill was last, and everyone was wondering what he would say, since he always had such a way with words. He stood to his feet and very calmly said, If I could not be who I am, and he turned and looked at Clemmy, his wife of many years, whom he adored, took her hand and said, I would most like to be Lady Churchill's second husband. (laughs) That old boy won some points that night, didn't he? (laughs) I'd most like to be her husband again. And so would you. I'd like us to bow our heads for a few moments of searching. Thank you, single friends, for sitting through this so patiently and hearing what I hope for you is preview of coming attractions. But even if it's not, these are the things you can pray for us who are married, who are working on the most challenging of all earthly relationships. It's been a long time since some of you men have thought this deeply about your marriage. We look next time at what the Lord says about parents and children, so that awaits us. But that's really secondary. 
That relationship is never better than the bond of a mom and dad, a husband and wife. This is where it starts. This is the one that's the more exacting. Takes more time. Think back over the list. Sacrifice, sanctify, forgive, honor, nourish, cherish. A couple of ideas about a pinning a medal of honor on her. Words of vulnerable tenderness. These all help you start over. The only reason you can't do it is, is you don't have the Savior. Now, if you're without the Lord, this is all activity of the flesh, and it'll, it'll soon cool again. You'll be back on your own. So what a, what, a wonderful, what a wonderful moment for you right where you're sitting to sort of build an altar before the Lord and right there in your lap and say, uh, here's my life, Lord. You're the one that's been missing. I've tried all the other stuff, but today I come just as I am sinful, lost, confused, broken, distant. And I thank you for taking me into your family. I come by faith alone in Christ alone to have a new life that only you can give me starting today. Contact us. Uh, let us know that you've made that decision. Don't try to make this journey on your own. You need help with it. There are a few things that some of us do really well, but one of them is to help people grow spiritually. We can help you do that. That's why we have a church, why we have a church family. Concluding three days on this subject. You're listening to Insight for Living and Chuck Swindoll's message for men only, straight talk about your marriage. Today's sermon comes from the series titled Life Lessons Just for Men. Today's program represents just one small slice of the larger four-part series from Chuck Swindoll. And you can order all four CDs or download the audio files. Look for the series called Life Lessons Just for Men when you go online to insight.org. Or call this phone number, 1-800-772-8888. And remember, you can take Chuck's teaching with you wherever you go by downloading our convenient mobile app. Thousands of listeners have already done so, and we invite you to take advantage of this free resource. You can download the mobile app by going to insight.org app. Insight for Living is listener-supported, and we greatly appreciate your financial support. Your donation is what allows us to provide Chuck's teaching. As you heard Chuck speak candidly to the men in our audience, you can be sure this message was well-received, not only right here, but around the world as well. To give a contribution today, call 1-800-772-8888 or write Insight for Living, Box 269000, 
Plano, Texas, 75026. And online, go to insight.org. I'm Dave Spiker. Listen next time for more practical Bible teaching from Chuck Swindoll on Insight for Living.